For those of you who are more ambitious than I am, you might be thinking about training for a half marathon and have questions about how to get started, how much to train, whether to cross-train, and more. I'm joined today by sports medicine specialist with Franciscan Health, Dr. Joseph Richardville. He's here today to answer all these questions and more. This is the Franciscan Health Doc Pod. I'm Scott Webb. Doctor, thanks so much for your time today. We're going to talk about uh, building a marathon training plan and what that means. And we're going to focus a little bit more on half marathons, which I, for me feels like a better fit than a full-on marathon. But maybe the sort of uh, the training plan applies to both. So let's start there. When training for a half marathon, what's the appropriate amount of training time you know, to allow ahead of race day? Training for a half marathon really requires building up that necessary strength and endurance to complete a 13.1 mile course. To be able to build up that endurance for most people starting anew will probably take about three to four months. And this is because you really have to gradually increase that mileage over time. If you increase that mileage too fast, you certainly risk overuse injuries of the lower extremity, especially. Yeah, I was going to ask you when we think about the longest distances we should run as we're you know, training to do that race. I assume at some point you have to get to the 13.1, but I'm wondering like, how many times do we have to get to 13.1 to know that we can do it on race day? Just give us a sense like, about distances as we you know, head towards the race. Yeah, absolutely. As you're increasing your mileage, you certainly want to get up to those longer distances to know that you have the endurance to complete a 13.1 mile course, but you actually don't have to get all the way up to 13.1 miles in your training. Getting up to nine or 10 miles will show that you have the endurance to be able to complete about 13 miles, but generally, again, slowly increasing that over time. You can't just go out and run 10 miles and hope to feel good doing that. Generally, what I recommend is you're running three to maybe four times a week. A lot of those runs are shorter runs, you know, maybe one, two miles or three, five miles, working on your pace, working on your tempo so that you get a good feel for those things. And then having a longer run, you know, maybe later in the week where you're increasing that mileage, getting up to those longer double digit mileages, but certainly not having to do 13.1 miles. If you look at running that frequently, you're really getting 20, 25 miles in a week. And so that's going to get you that strength and endurance. So definitely don't have to run 13.1 miles (laughs) to be ready for that race, but you are getting in quite a bit of mileage throughout the week. Yeah, a lot of mileage. And as you say, you know, that that when perhaps longer run in the week, nine, 10 miles, if you get to nine, 10 miles and you're still feeling pretty good, then that's probably a sign that you could get to 13.1 when it's actually race day, when you have to get that far. I'm sure that cross training is important when we think about training for a half marathon. Maybe give us some examples of other types of exercises and things that we can do as we try to incorporate them into our training program. Cross-training is very important. It's one of those things that, one, helps you build strength, and two, can be done on an off day, on a rest day. Again, running so many miles every single day and increasing that too fast, it's a recipe for injury. So having some other types of activities to do in addition to rest can really give you variety to your training and also get you best prepared for that race. When I look at cross-training for running, I look at strengthening up those accessory muscles to your running. So things like your core and your glutes, exercises like lunges or 
sit-ups, glute bridges, and planks are excellent to build up that stability that you need to support your body and your posture while running these long distances. I also think it's very important to have a good regular stretching routine as well. So a lot of times people will employ yoga or other types of exercises. Yeah, and maybe take us through a typical week. You know, is it one of those things where Monday we do yoga and then Tuesday we run maybe three, four miles? Is it alternating days or do we not have to be that sort of regimented about things? Can we just kind of do what feels right on the day? Well, I certainly understand that we lead a very busy lives. And so <laughs> having some flexibility in your training program is certainly necessary to be able to make it through, especially when we talk about this being a you know three to four month training period. So generally you're looking at, again, some shorter runs. A lot of times people will do that during the week. You don't have to necessarily take a rest day or a cross training day between a three and a four-mile run, but it's definitely fine to do that. So it's really important later in the week after those longer runs, the endurance runs that you're doing, that you should at least take a good full rest day. So typically I'm looking at maybe running two days on, maybe doing a cross-training day, maybe another run, a rest, a cross-training day, a long-distance day, and then another rest day. And, And certainly having flexibility in that where you can move those pieces around depending on your schedule and and what you need to accomplish outside of your training regimen. Yeah, right. Like allow ourselves some flexibility, some grace, some forgiveness, you know, do what's right for us and never feel bad that, oh, I couldn't run nine miles today. You know, that's okay. There's Mm -hmm. always tomorrow. Maybe today's a swimming day or a cross, you know, some sort of cross training day. I'm sure there are. And I've certainly talked to experts about common running injuries, shin splints, Mm -hmm. things like that. Maybe you can talk about those common injuries and what runners should do if they begin to feel things, especially things that don't go away. The thing I really want to emphasize is ramping up too quickly is really a big risk for injury. So generally I say, hey, no more than 25% increase in workload, and that's either mileage or time spent running or time spent exercising per week. If you only ran five miles last week, don't go out and run 10 miles the next week. Right. Seven miles is, is certainly a more reasonable kind of approach. So that slow increase is key to avoiding these overuse injuries. A lot of these injuries are tendonitis, shin splints, and can even be stress fractures, those types of mm-hmm. injuries. And those are the things that are the most worrisome, but certainly the additional you know, repetitive action of running or walking can lead to a lot of friction, blisters. There's all sorts of toenail and skin issues that arise as well. And so we expect some of these things, and those can usually be managed. We expect muscle soreness, but a good rule to get something checked out by a doctor is, hey, is this pain increasing each time you're running? Is it not improving with rest? Is it not improving after 24 hours of rest? Or is it really starting to limit you in your ability to continue your training regimen? Those are generally signs that something more severe is going on and really should be checked out to make sure that you're staying safe as you're training and not causing injury or breakdown as opposed to building yourself up. 
Yeah, especially those stress fractures, right? Like those are things that will absolutely hinder your chances of being able to compete in that marathon. So as you say, uh, taking it out slow, not overdoing it, mixing in some cross training, speaking with a provider if things just aren't feeling right. That's been really helpful today, Doc. Just want to, as we finish up here, talk about besides the physical training, what other things can we do or should we consider during a training period? And does that involve, I don't want to be too highbrow here, but does it involve any sort of mental preparation or mental training too? Oh, absolutely. Yes. A half marathon is more than just a physical endurance event. It is certainly a mental endurance event. And again, with a long training period, burnout is certainly something that could potentially happen. So I think it's really important to, one, keep yourself motivated. So what was it that motivated you to participate in the first place? And keeping that in mind, making sure that you're enjoying your activities. And again, that's one of the things, those cross-training days, if you're getting tired of running and you're getting tired of doing sit-ups, like you said, maybe going for a swim or maybe doing some yoga or maybe some dance exercise, whatever it is that keeps you interested. (laughs) Whatever keeps you interested, right? Whatever keeps you happy, sure. Absolutely. Yes. It's important to keep those things in mind. Keep your goals in mind. Remember why you started down this journey and and have fun with it. It should be fun. And I promise you that reward, that feeling of accomplishment, having gone 13.1 miles is very, very well worth it. Yeah, that's really well said, I'm sure. I've never actually competed in a half marathon, but I feel like with all that training, all that preparation, mentally and physically and otherwise, Crossing that finish line, that 13.1, what a huge, you know, emotional, mental, and physical high, all good stuff. So thank you so much, and you stay well. Thank you. You too. And for more information, visit franciscanhealth.org slash sportsmedicine. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels, and be sure to check out the full podcast library for additional topics of interest. This is the Franciscan Health Doc Pod. I'm Scott Webb. Stay well, and we'll talk again next time.